Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 100, Blast from the Past. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. Is the episode named Blast from the Past because Matt's returned, or because we're going to reflect on the past? I'm not sure. We'll talk about it in a minute. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men... Let's do Disney. Hey, before we get started, I do want to say, so we've been doing this for 100 episodes, right? This is the first episode, literally the first episode in 100 episodes, that I did not have the the like opening intro script in front of me. Set it all from memory. How proud are you guys of me? Well, one of the things I was going to mention was how many times it took you the first, the first episode we ever did to get through this. Oh my gosh. I was going to say it took you long enough, Pete, to, to actually master the intro. 100 episodes. I mean, two, two years? Two and a half years? How long has it been? It's, it's been a while. It's I know. been a long hundred. We, I think, I know at least Tom and I and you, we've all changed living situations where we've moved to either a new house from an apartment to a house. So, a long time. Tom got married? Tom got married? Tom's Tom's been to Disney like 10 times. That's true. Matt's, Matt's been at Disney a, a few less than that. <laughs> just just a few less. Thinking back, though, guys, 100 episodes. Wow. I mean, I've been here for like 50 of them. I, I'm really amazed that uh, that we made it this far. We, we'll talk about it in a little bit. There were a couple times when I really doubted that this was going to survive. And let me emphasize, I think I should be the one who tells a story because it wasn't me. It was you two that drove that, uh, almost drove us <laughs> into the ground. When you have three guys and we're all trying to get on the same schedule, like very seriously, we would have times when we said, guys, we got to be on the podcast at 2 p.m. I have, especially with Pete, with a, with a young one at home, he's like, I have 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. And then my, that's when my baby's asleep. And it's one day I got on at like 2.15 and that was not, not cool on my part. It was ugly. Well, bef- before we get into this, and, and in case you haven't guessed, episode 100 is going to be... We're going to revisit our first episode because I think it's really funny. I don't know if you guys re-listened. I, I was going to, and I decided kind of at the last minute, eh, I don't really want to hear this. So we're going to revisit our first episode. We're going to kind of reintroduce ourselves to you guys because I, I think we've had a lot of people join the podcast sort of in the middle. You, you maybe don't know who we are, where we're coming from, what our history is, anything like that. So we're going to kind of revisit that kind of stuff. We're going to throw in some anecdotes some funny stories from from the from the podcast, and uh, really don't have any plans for tonight. So we'll see kind of where where it takes us. But we're going to go to the news before we get into that. Uh, in a common theme of the last couple of weeks, there's really not a whole lot of news. We'll start at Magic Kingdom. First off, the Disney World Railroad is going to remain closed until 2021 for Tron construction. I don't typically ride this so not a huge loss for me i don't i don't know about you guys there is there is a rumor that this could possibly open in 2020 between the fantasyland and frontierland stations but but yeah that's the expectation right now is that this is going to be re- remain closed until 2021 for uh, for the tron construction yeah i mean I, I would say that it doesn't really bother me on the trips that uh that i tend to take whether that's with with the with you know our friends or my wife or our families but I guess because of how far along Tron looks, this seems like a long time away. Like you would think, you know what I mean? Like it looks like Tron's going to be done way ahead of schedule, but I know it probably won't be. Yeah, I agree. Well, continuing with this refurb theme, uh, Splash Mountain is going to be closed January and February. Most of most of January and February for a refurbishment. This is a typical yearly refurbishment that Splash goes through. I don't really know what they do here because it doesn't look like they really refresh anything, does it? Sometimes they it might clean, cleaner. do like really good deep cleaning. Yeah. Well, at the same time, it's just an outside ride, and you know, prime time to do it is January, February, and I'm, I'm, that's why they do it then, right? Obviously, we we all know that, but but interestingly enough, it wasn't closed during our. That was a January trip last time, right, Tom? It was not closed during that trip. It, you know what, though, I think it closed about a week later, uh, for about a month, and and I will say one thing they need to fix is the laughing place, the fountains in the laughing place, right? Yeah, no, no, the fountains work. Continuing at Magic Kingdom, not so, or excuse me, Mickey's Very Merry is sold out for its first night, which is November 8th, which seems kind of early, but, but heck, I guess we started not so scary in, in August. So, but yeah, 
November 8th, the first uh, Very Merry is sold out. And continuing on that theme, Not So Scary continues to sell out dates. I know that we, we've we seen pretty much every date sell out on that date. Now, tickets are still available for every date other than Halloween night, which is the 31st at this point. But if you are planning on going, you know, I would recommend buying tickets sooner rather than later for this because they, they are tending to sell out. And Tom, I know you're going to, you guys are planning on going to Not So Scary Seems like they're going to be pretty crowded. We are. We're, we're going November the 1st. And actually, as you were mentioning this piece of news, I actually am pulling up the app now to see if they're sold out that date. I've been to a sold out Very Merry Pete. I do not think they're not so scary. We went to was sold out. But, I mean, sold out Very Merry wasn't that big of a deal. But I don't want to go. You know what? I don't want to go on a sold out night. So I'm hoping they do not sell out for the for the evening that I'm going to be there. Yeah, and, and like we've talked about in the past, it seems like they're a lot, letting a lot more people into these events than they have in the past. So a sellout now is different than a sellout, you know, maybe three or four years ago. I agree. No, I, I agree. And I, and I wish, uh, because they are charging a little bit more for these, I know they have done had some changes, but I, I wish they just hard capped it at, you know, I don't know, 10,000 people or 15,000 people because – I think max capacity is 50,000 in Magic Kingdom maybe or something around that number. And 20,000 is a pretty standard day in Magic Kingdom. And, and if they let 20 or 25,000 in for this event, you don't really get the benefits of the shorter lines and the, I guess, more comfortable park to walk through. I mean, that it, it bottlenecks very tight over by, I guess, Small World, Peter Pan, and, and Haunted Mansion. And even for the Villains Night, that was a very crowded area to walk through. And I guess the the party pass hasn't helped, right? I mean, because they can't predict really accurately when these people are going to show up. So even if it's a sold out night, I mean, people that have bought this party pack can still uh, can still show up and can still get in. You know, I, I wonder about that, Pete, because it's like it's like on Christmas Day. I mean, if you don't get there early enough, they're going to turn you away. Maybe they would turn you away if it's sold out. I'm pretty sure that the only day that is specifically blacked out is, is Halloween for the sure. 31st is yep. Halloween, yeah. And I'm wondering if they're going to sell something like this for uh, Very Merry as well. Uh, that'll be a very good indicator of the success or failure they're having, I bet. All right, well, let's uh, let's let's take the monorail all over on over to Epcot. Uh, not a whole lot of news here. Only big piece of news is that the uh, test track will be closing for a software upgrade in early 2020, and that'll be from uh, January 13th through February 26th. And so they'll they're they're getting really they're getting this ready. Spaceship Earth is going to be down for a for a lengthy refurb. It's going to be completely redone. So they're getting test track ready for this refurbishment. So they don't have to have two attractions closed at once. I was very proud of my wife. We we were sitting on the couch watching a movie the other night, and she said, "Hey, did you know about test track's closure coming up?" And I said, "Well, no. T- tell me about it." And she said. You know, explain the explain the closure, and then said, "I think they're doing this because it's a ride that breaks down all the time, and they're going to try to prevent that for when Spaceship Earth is is done." It it definitely is, and and again, this is it's a software update. It is supposed to fix a lot of those problems. Uh, nothing to Animal Kingdom this week. So moving over to Hollywood Studios, a, a lot of food news at uh, at Galaxy's Edge this week. Pete, can we can we go back to Epcot for one second and then take the gondola to Hollywood Studios? Yes, yes, we can certainly take the gondola to Hollywood Studios because it is the Skyliner is back running now. And, and before we go into the main topic, after we finish the news, I, I don't think I've had a chance to explain my experience on the Skyliner. So can we do that tonight as well, Pete? Oh, absolutely. We got plenty of time. So taking the Skyliner over to Hollywood Studios, a lot of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge food news this week. The, the first big thing, and, and really, I don't really understand this, is that all the Star Wars theme names have been removed from Docking Bay 7 menus. So you remember we had the like fried tip yip and the shack roast and it had all these unique names. They're gone. Now they're still on there in very small uh very small letters, but the tip yip is now fried chicken. The shack roast is now pot roast. I hate that. Oh, I absolutely hate that. I do too, and I don't know the reason for it. I don't know if people are getting confused, or I, I'm, I'm not really sure the the logic behind this because it really takes that immersion away. But it is what it is. On that same note, there is a new there are there's a new wrap at uh, Ronto Roasters, and this is a uh, chicken Ronto wrap. And I I feel like if the uh, 
if the theming had still been in place, it would have like some cool new name. But no, it's just the chicken Ronto wrap. This is a uh, you know the same pita you get with the uh, with the Ronto wrap, which is a really soft pita. It's it's pretty good. This has chicken, cucumber relish, and a feta yogurt sauce on it. I've read a couple of reviews. Everybody says it has too much sauce on it, but other than that, it's pretty good. And then they also have Ronto chips, and the uh, the Ronto chips are a combination of turkey jerky, blue potato chips, rice crackers, pork rinds, and plantain chips. So it's it's kind of an interesting combo, kind of similar to what you get at Oga's. If you get the, uh, I forget what the snack mix is called at Oga's, kind of similar to what you get there. And then finally at Hollywood Studios, there is a sneak peek of Frozen 2 coming to Hollywood Studios on November 3rd at Walt Disney Presents. So Tom, hopefully you guys, well, I guess you guys will be gone by then. Yeah, we'll we'll be gone. Yeah, just before then. But if you're going to be in the area, sneak peek of Frozen 2. So general news, uh, minivan service has been expanded. Tom, I know you're going to be excited to hear this. Minivans now cover Disney Springs area hotels. So they will come pick you up from the Doubletree at, at a cost of, what, $75 a ride. Yeah, I mean, totally totally not worth the cost. However, and, and we'll probably have a trip recap at some point, I don't know that I advise the Ubers everywhere either. I think there's probably a happy middle ground we can find. Now, they also have ex- expanded the minivan service to... Orlando Airport, and it's it's one hundred and fifty dollars each way, which I know you can get an Uber for about fifty dollars, so about a third the cost of it. Oh, um, one hundred and fifty each way, one hundred and fifty each way, and you cannot book the minivans using the app. You actually have to call Disney to do that. But yeah, one hundred and fifty dollars each way, and that maximum of and fixed, that was six not guests. to Sanford. No, not to Sanford. That's to MCO. Oh man, you can get one to MCO. I'd bet in the 30s because Sanford's Sanford's 55. Yep, yep. This is something that came out last week. I don't know how accurate this is, but um, there are sites out reporting that you will no longer be able to make dining reservations via telephone, that uh, all dining reservations will need to be made via either the uh, My Disney Experience app or via the website, other than for groups of eight or more. Now, Tom, didn't you guys just call to make a reservation? I, I probably should have clarified that. So we made the Cinderella's Royal Table reservation through the app. But to modify the reservation, you have to call. They won't let you modify Be- it. You because you had already paid for it. Correct. You can't look for a you can't look for a new time in the app. You have to call to see if you can get a new time. Okay, so that makes sense then. That makes but sense. But I can cancel it no problem right now. And then final piece of news. Uh, Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom all have extended park hours during selected dates in November and December. And I'll just roll through these real quick. Magic Kingdom is November 10th, 13th, 18th, and December 4th. It'll be open until 10 o'clock instead of 9 o'clock. November 9th, 16th, 23rd, 25th through 30th, Magic Kingdom will be open until 11 instead of 10 o'clock. And then on December 7th, Magic Kingdom will be open until 12 o'clock instead of 10 o'clock. Hollywood Studios from November 24th through 30th will be open at 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. December 2nd through 14th will be open until 9 instead of 8. And then December 20th through 30th will be open until 10 instead of 9. Animal Kingdom doesn't have quite as many dates. Animal Kingdom will be open November 25th through 29th until 9 o'clock instead of 8 o'clock. I don't, I don't really know what's causing this, but more hours at Disney is always a good thing. So, Oh, absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I hope they end up extending these into December as well because I, it, it just helps you, especially if, if you have the park hopper. That's all the news that we have for, uh, for this week. If you guys don't have anything else, we'll go ahead and pause for just a second to, uh, to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. 
Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Alright, you guys ready to take a walk down memory lane? Well, Pete, I guess the only thing I want to dive into real quick, and we probably should have put this in the news section, or, or we can hold it all, all together for another episode, the gondola system, the Skyliner. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely definitely talk about that. I I, uh, I know you rode the gondola system. I know you rode the Skyliner. Has your perception of it changed since the whole uh, fiasco went down? So I have two, two things. One, I'm going to talk just about the Skyliner itself real quick, and then two, the experience of riding with complete strangers in a very confined space. So for, first off... The Skyliner is not efficient. You know, if you're if you're trying to go between Hollywood Studios and Epcot, it is not the most efficient way of travel. The boat definitely would still beat it from a speed standpoint of you getting from park to park. Could you walk faster? You might could walk faster. But if you have time... Matt and I have made that walk before. Like my wife and I had time. It's an... If there are awesome views, it is... I would not call it cool by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it was a hot day in Disney World when we were there. It was probably in the mid-90s. And while it was moving, I mean, it, it's still probably, it's probably close to 90 degrees in there. There is a breeze. Now, if the breeze is moving the wrong direction, you can actually get into a position where you're not even receiving any breeze at all. Um, so that that's kind of the, the, the gist of it. I'm sure we'll do a an in-depth episode maybe of, of the Disney trip or at least visit some topics that that need to be visited. Now, riding with complete strangers. So the, the first Skyliner ride was from Hollywood Studios to Caribbean Beach, which is the hub where you can go to another resort or you can go to Epcot. Due to the numbers in front of us and the numbers behind us, they were going to fill two, two you know gondolas by themselves. So my wife and I got to ride alone. Very cool experience. It is important that you don't sit on the same side. I mean, you need to try to balance the best you can on each side of the of the actual gondola. Uh, the second ride was from Caribbean Beach to Epcot, which takes you over by the International Gateway. And th- I actually called Pete Rubin. I got off this because we hopped on with a couple that were locals, probably in their, f- I don't know, 30s or 40s. Uh, you know, I could, you could kind of tell the guy was was a little uh, a little intoxicated. Well, he busts out. He he says, "I hope this doesn't bother you." He busts out his cooler and mixes a drink on the on the actual gondola, which you know I said, "No, that's fine." You know, but he was already mixing it before we even could realize what he was doing. But the wild thing was, this guy takes alcohol into the parks all the time, and I went I went next to him in the security line, thinking, "There's no way he gets past this," and he's smelling like vodka. And having it packed in his cooler that they're about to serve. Well, does vodka really have a smell? It does to me. But oh, yes. It, this, this, if you're drunk on vodka. This guy was yes, pretty I drunk. So. And he was sweaty. Well, he he cruises he cruises right on through. And he looked at me after we got through and he said, it works every time. They just think it's water. And he had it. So he basically puts it in water bottles. And he loads this cooler down with Red Bulls, Gatorades. It's, it, his cooler was packed. I mean, I can't imagine actually carrying it around as a book bag. That ha- would have to be miserable. But I saw, and then I thought, I told, my, I told my wife, I said, well, he'll get, he'll get caught making a drink somewhere. Around dusk, I saw him still in Epcot, just working the World Showcase with his cooler, and, and he still recognized me, which was the best part. He said, "Hey, man, we rode the gondola together." I said, "That's that's right, buddy." So. That is uh that was kind of the funny part about it. Right now there are some eyesores, especially coming into Epcot on the Skyliner. You do get a good look at Ratatouille's construction and kind of the city and the area they're building back there, but it's not the most aesthetically pleasing right now because they're in the very early stages of putting all this together. I wonder how many people drink around the world in the in the manner your friend did in Disney World. Well, then his logic was that Disney knows that I'm going to buy a ton of stuff in here, so they don't even worry about me bringing alcohol in, and I just am like. Man, this guy has gotten very. He's an annual pass holder and everything, but he's just he's brave. way too comfortable with that. He is maybe, and and, and, <laughs> and then my wife and I were like, well, "What if that was like a planted cast member?" We thought, "What if that's a planted cast member trying to get me to say something?" Or, "Oh yeah, I have this on me." <laughs> I mean, Disney's sneaky, so maybe maybe that's what he does all day: rides the gondola and tries to convince people to drink with him. 
Yeah, I, I sincerely doubt that, but. But anyway, that was that's a quick uh, overview, and we'll go more in depth, especially about the the wreck and all of the impacts there. Because actually, that was that we were we were there when the wreck happened. Just fortunately, not on the Skyliner. Okay, let's 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 time travel here. Let's go back. I mean, when did we start this thing? Do we even know? So I'm I'm showing May May of 2017 is is about. We were actually all in Florence, and we all Pete and Tom were planning a trip to Disney. And Pete's wife said, y'all need to do something productive with this, like a podcast or something. We explained the idea to you, Matt, at your place, and you said, I'm, I won't in. That's what I remember. Re- regardless, so we started this thing, a couple false starts. I mean, guys, it took us months to to write an initial outline, figure out how to do this. I mean, work up the courage, I guess, to get on and record ourselves. How many times did it, did we record the first episode before we released it? At least three times, and maybe we shouldn't say. tell that because the epi- the first episode was so bad that I can't <laughs> believe not good. you were confident enough <laughs> to release it. And I, I thank you if you're listening, laughing right now, reflecting on that episode because you stuck with us. Episode one, keys to the kingdom. That's what it was. <laughs> well, I will tell you on the first episode, we have we had a very very detailed outline, y'all. Very very detailed, way more detailed than any other. Outline past what episode like fifteen or so. The purpose was to provide weekly deep dives of everything Disney World related, including trip planning, attractions, restaurants, and shops. And I think we've done that. I think that's what we have done. So we stayed true to our very first sentence on this outline. I think my favorite part is our introductions about ourselves, and we felt the need to write them out instead of just say what we want. You know, that's the most bad. Maybe we were that nervous. I didn't, you know, I th- I thought we were going to get on here and, and nobody was going to know what to say. Nobody was going to have any idea what they were doing. Yeah, I, I think I, I would say I was I was nervous about it. Or or we or we hadn't figured out who was going to talk next and how to navigate that. And so that's why that you know when after after Pete said his name was Pete, you know we knew he was done talking and someone else could talk. Exactly, and that's one of the biggest things we've had to to learn is to. No one, when, you know, just have a free-flowing conversation instead of, you know, doing a script, right? And that's what we were doing. And I think one of the things that Pete talked about, too, which is like hearing your voice on a recording, nobody likes it. But after doing this podcast for so long with you guys, I can hear my voice and it doesn't bother me anymore. I don't know about you guys, but it just it's just me talking. And that I guess that's how I sound. Well, I think the the idea, and Pete or Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, the idea behind this is we're going to kind of walk through what we talked about our first episode and see what has changed in 100 episodes of our podcast. What what opinions do we have that have changed? I mean, I'm looking at favorite hotel, and I already know there probably is some changes, at least for myself. But um, yeah, Pete, I don't know if you want to kind of lead us off and, and guide us through this thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that is the idea. We want to We want to go through because we don't know who's been with us since the beginning. And if you've been with us since the beginning, thank you. We, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate you guys listening to us, but we really don't know who's been with us since the beginning. So our idea was, okay, you're listening to a podcast called Men Do Disney with, with Pete, Tom, and Matt. You don't, you don't know anything about us necessarily. And, and if you haven't gone back and listened to episode one, you're not going to. So, you know, what I kind of want to do here is we'll, we'll reintroduce ourselves and we'll, we'll look at, hey, what did we say on that first episode? How has that opinion changed over the last two and a half years? How are we different? Do we still do we still feel the same way? And and then yeah, just let's look at like Matt said. Here's our goal for the podcast. Have we accomplished that? Are we continuing to accomplish that? And how are we going to continue to accomplish that going forward? Yeah. So with that being said, Pete, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? And this is lifted literally. I'm reading the outline <laughs> from our first episode. My name is Pete, and I grew up on all the Disney classics. <laughs> yeah. Such corn, such corn. <laughs> it's hilarious reading this stuff now. It really is. But you know, my my name is is Pete. I've been going to Disney for a long time. I I started 1989. We went to Disneyland. 92. We went to Disney World, and, and have been going to Disney World since then. I've gone with a lot of different people. I've gone with my family. I've gone with girlfriends. I've gone with my wife. I've gone with you guys. Been been on a lot of different trips, and. And everyone is a great experience and everyone is different, right? You have different goals on, on every Disney trip that you go on, but, but everyone is still fun in its own way. I, I can I cannot say that I've ever had a bad trip to Disney World. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, so as far as me, we're gonna I guess we're gonna go in the order we did on the original outline because I saw Tom give me the nod. So guys, you know me, my name's Matt. I just love Disney. I love all things Disney. I grew up on the movies kinda like Pete did and grew up going to the parks. I mean, I've been to the parks in the double digits, um, mostly in my youth, you know, a few times as an adult. Um, and this podcast especially has done nothing but increase my love for Disney. It's still the place I want to go if I could have my, you know, my dream vacation, the place I'd want to go spend a weekend or go spend five days, 10 days. It's still Disney for me. So I think that's one of the things that keeps all of us coming back here. It's just that, you know, we do love Disney and we love going to the parks. So that's me. Tom, what about you? Yeah, my name is Tom and I like I said in the first episode, I, I obviously am a lifelong Disney fan. If I've taken time to do 100 episodes with these buffoons, uh, I am an active Disney vacationer, which probably happened in part because of this podcast. Uh, we, we've gone many more times uh, in the last 100 episodes than I would have ever dreamed we would have gone. But that's because we do have a high level of interest from our listeners. And I mean, we're fortunate where we're in situations where we can, you know, we have time to go. And we have families that will go with us or are okay with us taking a quick weekend trip down. A little bit about myself. Began going to Disney as a child, like both uh, Pete and Matt. I think my first trip was 96. And so it's it's been a, it's been a good run. I did have a little bit of a hiatus there in the middle. Uh, but then once once my now wife and I started dating and we kind of found out we both love Disney, took a few trips with her and, and we've gone uh, since we've been married a few times. Now annual pass holders, which, which is wild to believe. And so we're uh, we're really enjoying enjoying doing the Disney thing, and uh, still very much enjoy doing the podcast and sharing our passion and knowledge and all things Disney with you guys because I mean it brings a little bit of Disney to us in our work weeks as well. So and and let's talk a little bit more. And I know we kind of talked about the impetus for the podcast, but really I think the real start was the first Men Do Disney trip. Right. And Tom, I don't even know how that got started. Uh, I, I guess we were talking about Disney one day and said, hey, didn't realize you like Disney so much. I mean, the first the first Mindu Disney trip also originated at Matt's apartment. And it we did. we booked it, it that night and then all realized the next morning we had booked it that night. <laughs> and by that point, we were stuck on it. You know, we had two two of our buddies who had, had I say they'd never been. It had been 20 years for both of them, uh, which basically if, you know, in the last 20 years, a lot of things have changed. And so we, again, in the trip planning process, started what I believe is when we started the podcast. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at the exact dates and, and I don't remember, but it, that's kind of how it, how it began. And I, and I think about the trip planning process for that, that trip, because really that, that was the first, and I'd been with my wife a couple of times before that, but that was really the first big trip for me in, in several years. And I think of how meticulously we planned everything out and, we woke up early to make fast passes and dining reservations and just everything that we did to get that trip perfect. Now it's just like, man, we're going to go next week and we'll just take what we can get. Yeah, no, it's bad. I mean, I, I was just going to say, I think I've gotten, I mean, Pete, when was the last, when would you have ever dreamed that I would say, yeah, we're going on a trip in, in a less than a month and some of the people in our group don't even have fast passes yet. And I'm not, I don't even, I'm not <laughs> yeah. even stressing. Usually I'd be control freak Tom, but. Yeah, I think one of the cool things too, like with this whole Mendu Disney trip that you know that happens now, is I think it's kind of what showed us that you know Disney just wasn't a place for families or just a place to take your significant other. That there was an interest from other guys like us that do like Disney and enjoy a guy's perspective on Disney, and not just saying how can I make this trip the best for my child, but how can I make this trip the best for anybody that wants to go to Disney of any age, um, you know, any gender. You know, different family situations. And I think that's what really drives us to keep doing this podcast because we want everyone to enjoy Disney to the level that we do and just find that Disney magic. And that's what we, that's why we do the podcast. A hundred percent. And, and we've continued to add people to our group. You know, we've continued to evolve and change and add new people. And I mean, we've, I've never gone down there with anybody that's had a bad time. Right. I think if a well-planned trip, even if it's a little bit lazily planned, because that could be your, your speed, is still going to be a fun time at Disney World. And I think that's where you guys have kind of evolved that I've watched y'all since we started this podcast, is once y'all started going with some friends who aren't necessarily the go-getters that y'all are. Like y'all are, you know, rope drop, park close. But you realize that, hey, you know, you can still relax and have fun at Disney World. And I think that's really, you know, just changed a lot of our our thoughts and just kind of evolved our mindsets on Disney. 
No, no question at all, because you're, you're absolutely right. Five years ago, when I was going to Disney World, I was going at rope drop. I was staying in the park until park closed, and, and that was it. There was no argument. But I've come to realize there is so much more there to do at the resorts, at Disney Springs, you know, outside of the parks. There's so much more there. They're really... You really don't have to spend all day in the parks, especially going as much as we go now. I definitely think that's a luxury. I, I I can't, you know, I can't pretend like it's not. That definitely is a luxury to it. All right. So the next thing we talked about on our first episode was our favorite parks. And I said mine was Epcot. Matt, you said Hollywood Studios. Tom, you said Magic Kingdom. So has your answer changed at all since... You know, in, in 100 episodes, has your answer changed at all, and, and why has it changed? Well, all right, Matt, Matt, you go first on this one. So when I when I did this 100 episodes ago, I mean, I've always been a guy that really likes a thrill ride. So I like Rock and Roller Coaster. I like Tower of Terror. So I, I chose Disney Hollywood Studios. And at the time, that was pretty controversial because there wasn't a whole lot going on at Disney Hollywood Studios. And it's not that I don't like the other parks, but especially now – with Star Wars in Disney's Hollywood Studios, with Rock and Roller Coaster there, with the additions they've made with Toy Story Land. I think that if I went back, it would still be my favorite park today. I obviously haven't experienced Star Wars yet. But um, yeah, I, I think it's still my favorite park just because I like to be a little different. And I know I'm going to go to Magic Kingdom. I know I'm going to go to Epcot. I know I'm going to go to Animal Kingdom when I go to Disney. But if I had to pick you know, just somewhere to spend five hours to get what I want, which is like the thrill rides, I'd go to Disney Hollywood Studios. Tom? You know, I'm still going to stand by my Magic Kingdom answer, but man, has Epcot really pushed its way into a close second. You know, right now is a bad time to ask me because food and wine's going on, and I've spent quite a bit of time trying different foods. But Magic Kingdom is still, I, I think I'm still a kid at heart, and that still is what, what, when I think Disney, I think of walking down Main Street. Yeah, I, this is tough because... Since this episode is released, so much has changed at Hollywood Studios. I mean, so much has changed at every one of these parks, really. I, you know, I I, I think I'm, I'm still in the same position. I still think Epcot's my favorite park. And it's not because of the rides. And we'll, we'll talk about rides here in just a minute. But because Epcot doesn't have the best rides, I don't think, at all. But it's everything else that's at, at Epcot. And, and look, when Gardens of the Galaxy opens, when Ratatouille opens... Maybe that changes a little bit, but you know, I I I think I'm the same way. So three for three on that one. Favorite park stays the same. Two and a half some odd years later. Interesting. All right. Well, going a little bit more in depth into that. I mean, favorite ride at Disney World in general, Tom. So favorite. Oh man. So a lot of. I mean, we didn't have this. I guess on the. Did we have? We didn't have this on the last episode. No, we didn't talk about this. Yeah. So I mean. Favorite ride and best ride is different for me. Favorite ride is going to be Space Mountain. Best ride is Flight of Passage. All right, Matt. All right, so I think the I think the best ride is still Splash Mountain. My favorite ride is Tower of Terror. Okay, and you know as much as I love Splash Mountain, I I really do think that Flight of Passage is my favorite ride, and the experience of riding it back to back to back to back is amazing. I mean, it, it's just such an incredible experience. There's there's really nothing else like it. Can Rise of the Resistance capture some of that magic? Yeah, I, I hope so. But but I think right now for me, yeah, Flight of Passage is hands down. Again, it is the best ride there at Disney World. And I think it's my favorite ride too. I think I have a question now, guys. I'm kind of piggybacking off Pete's last question. What is your favorite all-time ride at Disney, past or present? I would I would put Flight of Passage over the great movie ride. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, I think so. I really do. Tom, it's time to retire that great movie ride cup that you got, Pete. I'm going to go Space Mountain, Space Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go, I'll, go Splash, I'll go Splash Mountain, and then, I don't know, Alien Encounter was cool. I did like Alien Encounter, but Flight of Passage is still a, a better ride than that. That's tough. That's really tough. All right, next thing we covered was our favorite hotels. So I said Pop Century. Matt, you said All-Star Sports, and Tom, you actually said All-Star Sports too. And I, I think this has changed significantly, if I had to guess. And, and I'll just tell you mine first. My, my favorite hotel, it, it, it's a toss-up. It, and it's a toss-up between Polynesian and between Wilderness Lodge. You ha- okay, okay, make it somewhere you had, you had had to have stayed. 
Well, I, I've stayed at Polynesia when I was young. Okay. Well, then, but, and now it's only grown on you. And now it's only grown on me. So it, that, but, but Wilderness Lodge is such a, it's a good location. It's an awesome environment. Polynesian, I mean, it's a deluxe resort, right? So you've got that and you've got Trader Sam's and that's kind of hard to beat. So for me, it's, it's now a toss up between Polynesian and between Wilderness Lodge. I'm going to go right back to my value resorts. Let's go back to all-star sports, music or movies, pop century. I, I don't care. I'm going to go stay for the least, at the least expensive place I can so I can go enjoy all the food that you guys are talking about at different resorts and, and all the different restaurants that are in the parks and just spend my money not where I sleep. That's what I'll do. Tom? So I haven't stayed at any of the, any of the high-end hotels. I mean, it, based off my last few trips, I think you guys would say the Disney Springs area. Is my favorite place to stay. <laughs> yeah, the double tree at Disney Springs, I think. But, uh, but no, I mean, all, all kidding aside, I'm hoping Pop Century will move into my favorite slot. I'm staying there in December. Really excited about it, actually. I mean, All-Star Sports is, is still near and dear to my heart, but I think I'm at the point where I would rather stay at Disney Springs area hotel than an All-Star Sports. Uh, of course, I always call it the old Dixie Landing. It is now uh, Port Orleans, Riverside. That's a very nice resort to stay at as well. Coronado Springs is another one that I enjoyed. Polynesian for everything it offers. I've spent quite a bit. Of, I, I've spent enough time there to have stayed, uh, but I just you've, you've probably spent enough money there to have stayed. Too. I, I'm sure I have. So I guess I, I'm all over the place on on favorite hotel. However, I have a new favorite Disney Springs hotel. It's the Hilton that has the bridge that connects the Disney Springs. That place is sweet. Over the Double Tree, huh? Yeah, it's just cleaner. It smells nicer. There's more amenities. And it's not even stuff because Pete, when we've gone to the DoubleTree, we're, we're there to sleep, right? But it's the it's the Starbucks in the lobby, and they give you free coffee in the morning at Starbucks, or it's the free bottled water in the morning, you know, cold bottles of water. It's the free snack credits, the five dollars off dinner. That it's just stuff that we would use because because we would do it in passing almost. I can't fault that, but that that's not really a uh, Disney hotel. So, do I get sixty day fast call. passes there? I do, don't I? <laughs> do I get a bus through twenty 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 twenty? I do. <laughs> Whatever, I'll give it to you. Okay, so the next thing that we talked about was our favorite Disney memories. So my favorite Disney memory, my wife and I've told this story twelve hundred times on the podcast. My wife and I ate at Tony's Town Square, watched the Electric Light Parade. It was magical. Cast member was great. Matt, yours was playing. Yes, yeah, so I used to. We used to play. Yeah, we used to play a game that my family made up in in line just. Before there were fast passes, if you guys can remember a time. Um, Tom, you had a couple of, uh, I, Disney World trip with your family, and then first time you took your girlfriend slash fiance slash wife. So have those changed, Matt? You know, for me, when I look back, I think that I get more nostalgic about, you know, different memories I've had with so many different people, but it's still my fam- the family time. So I would just say any trip with family, you know, just they all stick out. Tom? So my mine uh one of one of mine has changed. I'm gonna keep the first trip to Disney because that's when it all started for me. And my most recent trip with my wife was by far the uh, the best trip I've taken that we've taken together. You had a few different highlights in it. One being you know dining at California Grill as the sunset and having kind of a a little Disney magic, uh, I guess. Disney Magic Meal, when we just ha- just happened to mention when they asked if we celebrate anything, we said, yeah, kind of celebrating our anniversary. And they totally blew it wide open for us. And on top of that, we had annual passes. And so it's the first time I think I've enjoyed the little things that Pete referred to or alluded to earlier. You know, we were in no rush anywhere. We took our time everywhere. And we, we did whatever we wanted to do when we wanted to do it. I mean, it also helped that fast passes were easily attainable. I'm going to be a little cheesy here and I'm going to go out of Disney parks a little bit for this one, but just doing this podcast. I mean, I think that this is going to be a a Disney memory. I remember, I I think about forever, remember forever. I mean, think about all the different people we've met on Twitter, all the different people that y'all have met in the parks that, you know, you guys have done some meet and greets, those kind of things, or, you know, said you guys, Hey, we're going to be here. And you, I mean, just the fact that we do a Disney podcast and we're able to connect with so many different people that love Disney. I mean, I think that's one of the things that truly just, completes the circle for Disney fanatics like us. So, I mean, this podcast got to be up there for all of us. I'll give you that one, as cheesy as it is. I'll give you that one. So, I don't want to downplay the the memory that I had with my wife because it really was a great Disney memory, but I've had so many since then. I mean, 
the first men do Disney trip, staying at Coronado Springs, going Magic Kingdom from what seven a.m. to to two a.m. I mean that that was a good memory. The first time I had blue milk, another another fantastic Disney memory. And I know that a lot of people are not fans of the blue milk, but my first sip of blue milk was something magical. And then Tom, the time that you and uh, you and I and another one of our buddies spent at uh, at Trader Sam's. I mean, tra- great time. Yeah, Trader Sam's is it's it's always a it's always a it's a memory. <laughs> probably, I don't know if it's a memory. Might <laughs> be blurred. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I certainly don't want to downplay the 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 magical evening I'll call it that I had with my wife at uh, at at Tony's Town Square. The food was terrible. The dessert watching the Main Street Electric Light Parade was was phenomenal, and it, and it makes me miss. Disney World having a nighttime parade that much more. And I, I think the final thing we talked about was the upcoming Disney thing that we most looked forward to. This is my most favorite thing we're going to cover. Is it really? You've got a lot to say about this, huh? I mean, I'm just looking at who I think probably was right, and I don't know. And I think it was me, huh? I think, uh, you know. Uh, no, I think it's got to be me. I was actually leaning towards the guy who had the blue font. Yeah, we had a we had color coded <laughs> font for our outline, but I don't know. Let, let's dive into it, Pete. Do you still agree with with your two things? I guess you said. Oh, whoa, wow! Just saw your second thing. Your second thing definitely should trump the first one. Well, and I mean, we can't really say we're, these are upcoming things anymore because all these things are in the parks now. So we're kind of gonna kind of have to revisit these. So, well, here's the question: One, did it live up to the hype? And then two, what's going to be your next thing? There you go. Okay, so mine was, I had two. My first was Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. My second was taking my my daughter to Disney World. Now, I have not taken my daughter to Disney World yet, so I don't know if that's lived up to the hype. We're, we're The jury's still out of that one. That'll happen in the next year or so. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, I would say without a doubt, and not having ridden Rise of the Resistance because it's not open yet, without a doubt, Galaxy's Edge lived up to the hype. Ogus is fantastic. Smuggler's Run is okay. It's it's not the be all end all, but it's a good ride. the The food is good. the The marketplace is good. The theming is incredible, as only Disney can do. So yeah, I think it lived up to the hype. We'll we'll come back around and 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 throw some new things most look forward to after this. But uh, moving on, Matt. Yeah, Pandora, the World of Avatar. I mean, right when we started this podcast, it was about to. It was about to be open, and we had a couple of delays, a couple of delays, and then you know it finally opened. And I mean, obviously, I think that this has far just outperformed any any ideas, any dreams I had for this pavilion. I think that it, like you guys have talked about, potentially has the very best ride at Disney, the most advanced ride at Disney to date, and just the world and the there, best food re- at Disney. Yeah, best food, and it just set, it just set the stage for the future for Disney. And I think that's what really just, yeah, it completely, you know, I was looking forward to it and it completely, you know, just hit a home run. And I I think this was Disney's first real fully themed land. And immersive, fully immersive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you look at, if you look at the parks and you look at what was there, you know, Disney jumped from New Fantasyland to Pandora, the world of Avatar. And that's a huge leap. I mean, Fantasyland is Fantasyland. But it's not a, a hugely immersive themed land like like Pandora the World of Avatar is. So this was Disney's first shot, and I think they did a really good job of it. I know that we've had some discussion that there's there's not a whole lot there, but I would agree. Flight of Passage is the best ride at Disney World, and I mean Satuli Canteen is hands down the best quick service anywhere at Disney World. So I think mine was Toy Story Land, and I, now I'm I'm wondering. I mean. Okay, all three of these things are awesome. Well, let's get that out. Here's where I think I underestimated Toy Story Land at night. It it's be, in my opinion better than Pandora at night. It, while Pandora is still awesome at night, maybe not quite as good as Star Wars Land at night. Uh, but two, Slinky Dog is way better than I thought it was going to be. It's the hardest. It's the hardest fast pass to get in Hollywood Studios. So I would say that I think Toy Story Land has lived up to the hype. I think I underestimated Satuli Canteen and Pandora. And I underestimated Ogas in Galaxy's Edge, but other than that, you know, I think all these things—I think all these things were good calls, and I think we all have been overly pleased with all of them. All right. So, what what are you looking forward to most now? So probably Tron for me. Okay. 
Yeah, you took mine. It's it's Tron. It's definitely Tron. Really? Neither one of you is looking forward to Rise of the Resistance. I don't know. Hold on. Let me take that back. It's probably Rise of Resistance for me, actually. I mean, I watched a 30-minute video on it this week. DSNY Newscast can give you all the spoilers if you're interested. That guy does a very good job. So Rise of Resistance for me. So I, I agree with I agree with Rise of Resistance and and uh, and I'm looking forward to Tron too no no doubt but my most looked forward to thing is Mickey's Toontown Railway or whatever the hell it's called because it better be good to have replaced the, the Great Movie Ride that's all I can say I heard it's going to be a walkthrough attraction oh my god okay, if it's a walk I didn't hear that that was that was a fail <laughs> I hope not I really hope not I mean I think a, a few little funny one-liners that I've been working on <laughs> took me out a hundred episodes to uh to get a mic that we all could understand his audio from <laughs> Matt all right to be honest it, it did sound like you were calling in like on a cell phone from the moon for a while there well you know what Pete I bought the microphone you told me to buy I did everything the right way I turned off everything in my house so there'd be no sounds at all <laughs> I made my I quarantined my wife to another room in the house far far away and then I'd still get complaints from you. You know what? This is the best like 200 bucks I've ever spent. If for no other reason, it got peed off my back a little bit. You know, and it's, and it's funny because that's how some of these podcast ending arguments started too. <laughs> yes, 100%. Now, I love Thomas said, yeah, I've been working on a couple of jokes here. I have a couple of zingers as he pulls out his, his notepad. And he's like, let me try this one on for size. How about this, guys? What do you think? Well, I did. I was took him out a hundred episodes. I was going to end it with boom, roasted. The only other one I probably have is is, and this one came to me earlier when Matt couldn't find outline one. It took me out a hundred episodes to operate the Google Docs. Boom, roasted. <laughs> it took it took Pete like eighty episodes before he decided to skip one. Boom, roasted. <laughs> it did. It and, did. Uh, and it took Pete like seventeen times the first time he ever tried to do the intro. Boom, roasted. It took Pete a hundred times to learn how to do the intro without looking. <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> but no, and uh, of course, uh, you know, I don't know what what have I been bad at, guys? You know what? I'm not going to stoop to your level. <laughs> yeah, I'm, we're bigger men than that, I think. But but seriously, I mean, I cannot believe we've hit a hundred episodes. Bold prediction: we don't hit a hundred more, but we'll give it a good whirl. <laughs> You know, I'm uh, amazed that we stretched this out into 55 minutes, too. <laughs> well, the first time we recorded this episode, it was three separate hour-long episodes that we had to pick between. Yeah, we, we, that was uh, bad. Th- those first episodes were rough. So if if you guys are new to the podcast, do us a solid. Don't don't go back before about episode 30. We're actually going to delete all those after this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're just they're just ugly. Uh, so how about some fun things that you know maybe the listeners don't get to see? I mean, one of the, the my favorite things we do is when one of us is like, trying to do the news or one of us trying to talk about something they're really passionate about or serious about. We we always send funny pictures to try and throw people off, and I, I love that. I mean, I think it's funny when one of us just raises their hand like they're in a classroom for like five minutes waiting for their chance to talk. I mean, we definitely you know if Pete didn't edit this. That's another thing. I mean, I'm sure you guys understand this is edited, but man, have we had some zingers in between? I mean, let's just say it wouldn't. It would get the uh, the E symbol from on iTunes to be explicit. If we, we wouldn't be quite as family friendly, I don't think. If if I weren't, if I didn't uh, yeah, exhibit some uh, judiciousness with the uh, with the editing pen. But all in all, guys, we just have a lot of fun with this, and we have a lot of fun connecting with all you guys, and thank you so much for listening. 100 episodes is absolutely, it's bonkers, it's wild, and like Tom said, we never thought we'd get here, but here we are. So guys, how about um, 100 more? What do y'all say? Let's just get to 101, and then we can think about that. <laughs> I'm pretty busy coming up. You got a lot of, I got a lot of stuff going on. I got a new kid coming. Yeah, congratulations, Pete. Yeah, it's going to be soon. It's gonna be soon. Ah, so. I'm just I'm working on a Disney trip that I'm gonna take in two weeks, but different stages of life, I guess. Now, now this is Disney trip number three in three weeks or four. No, I mean it's it'll be Disney trip number three in a five week span, right? God. Something like that. I, I think you're right. I think you're so, right. So annual passes. Yes, I thought it was a great deal. Now I'm realizing Disney has me right where they want me. So well, and and briefly, let's hit on that. Because I, I want to talk about 
what Disney is doing and how I think they're screwing up. Pete, that's a can of worms we need to open on a different episode. This is a celebration episode. We're we're already at, we're already at fifty five minutes. Let's, let's just let's cut our listeners some it. slack. All right, all right. That's that's fair. We'll talk about it on a different episode. Tom, secret driver question. What do we got for the hundredth time? Secret of the night. Did you know as you go through Fantasyland in Disney World's Magic Kingdom, you will notice Rapunzel's Tower just past Peter Pan's flight. If you're obviously coming that direction, at the moment. The spot is just a glorified rest space. There's washrooms, there's uh, charge stations, benches to rest between fast passes or, or just take a, a seat in the park. But if you look closely to the ground, you might be able to spot Maximus's hoof prints uh, throughout that area. So that's uh, one thing I have never noticed. I haven't spent much time back there. So next time I go, I will definitely go take a seat and see if I can find his hoof prints. I'm going to share the trivia question from last week and then hit the one for this week. A trivia question last week was in the space between France and Morocco. What does the long, curvy, dark stretch of pavement symbolize? I don't know if we had a correct answer here. I see Matt shaking his head. Uh, it is there to is symbolize it, the Straits, it, of, Gibraltar. Straits of Gibraltar. Right, yeah, as you okay. cross over from Europe into Africa. So that was kind of a tricky one. It went along with our secret that night. That was kind of my hint. Uh, but he, here's another one. So staying with our theme uh, with the secret tonight over by Rapunzel's Tower, uh, while you were there searching for Maximus's hoof prints, why not take a look around for her sidekick as well? Do you know how many Pascals are hidden in the Rapunzel rest area, which is right out on the outskirts of Fantasyland? Um, again, it's just past Peter Pan's Tower or Peter Pan's Flight, and it's just past Haunted Mansion if you're coming the other direction. How many Pascals are hidden in that area? Uh, you can tweet us at WW podcast or email us at WW at gmail.com. Hundred episodes, you still don't uh, still don't know the Twitter handle. You know huh? the tr- you know what you're right. Okay, you're right. I don't have to type it type it out every episode like you do the intro. Hey, and there's there's more than one Pascal. I'll I'll, I'll give you that hint. And less than a hundred, so it's somewhere between one and a hundred. That's about as that's about as good as when he guessed there was twelve branches on Swiss Family Tree. Nobody goes on that attraction anyway. All right, well that's all we have for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at WDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.